Here's the truth about the WWE is that it, it doesn't matter if you're the best wrestler. It doesn't matter if you're the best talker. It doesn't matter if you're the best overall performer. It doesn't matter if you make the two clowns sitting to my left on commentary look like amateur hour. There is a glass ceiling and nobody is allowed to break it. That's the simple story of this place. The more popular you are, the more money you make. The more you people cheer for any given superstar, the more opportunities you're afforded. Why do you think a guy like John Cena, who has admittedly had the worst year of his career, gets title shot after title shot after title shot after title shot? Or, or why a lethal grappler, why a, a serious submission specialist like Daniel Bryan puts a smile on his face and saddles himself, belittles himself with catchphrases? Or why a 400-pound monster, Brodus Clay, soils his hands by touching your filthy, ugly little children to get in the ring so he can shuck and jive for you? Or why an invisible child Little Jimmy is better positioned on the flagship show Monday Night Raw than a workhorse like Tyson Kidd. Only these two unstoppable forces can take pro wrestling and bottle of gin and create a damn good podcast. You're listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. This contest is scheduled for one fall, and it is for the podcast championship of the world. First, coming down the aisle from Summers Point, New Jersey, weighing 210 pounds, this man has a left hook that would make Mike Tyson go to sleep, the master of the big trouble guillotine, Jesse the Killer Connor, and his partner. This man has twined and dined with kings and queens and slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. From Santa Clara, California, the master of the Tropicana Squeeze and the host of the OJP Wrestling Show, The Juice, OJ Simmons. You've got the juice now, baby. That's right. Welcome to another episode of the OJP Wrestling Show. I'm your host, the Juice OJ Simmons, baby. Now, unfortunately, the killer's on vacation. He's a little on a hiatus. And that's all right, because we're going to go in it and out of it tonight real quick on Battleground Recap. So first, we want to get into our first match of the evening. And uh, I have to say, it was a five-star match of the evening, baby. This was a good one. We had the Usos teaming up against the Wyatt family for the WWE Tag Team titles in a 2 out of 3 balls match. Uh, this match was a Donnybrook from bell to bell. I mean, honestly, the Usos, I mean, as much as I don't like them that much, um, just more so the gimmick-wise, the guys can go. They can fucking do their thing in the ring at all times, and I enjoy that out of them. Um, the Wyatts, once again, uh, Luke Hoppe, the crib, he is phenomenal. He is always on point, always doing planches and cross bodies and sweet chin musics and, and also stays in character all at the same time um, with this incredible organic gimmick that the Wyatt family present. And um, even without Bray Wyatt, he shows that he can hold his own, and that's what I appreciate about this character. I mean, Eric Rowan just follows suit, but you can tell that Luke Harper just runs the show when it comes to this. Um, 
the first ball went over to the, the Wyatts, and, uh, you know, it was fair. It was pretty fair victory, but the, uh, the second ball with the Usos with the simple roll-up was kind of weak, and we all saw that. Um, just something that I uh, wasn't expecting to happen the second ball, but they did what they could do, and they kept it moving. And then the third and final ball uh, almost got fouled up uh, by the Usos with the, uh, the double uh, Uso splash from the top rope by both brothers landing on to uh, Luke Hopper. But uh, they did it, though. Either way, it was still an impressive victory for the Uso family, and they still are tag team champions. But uh, hopefully they, they figure something out to do with these, uh, these two tag teams as far as changing the belts back and forth. Um, I think that uh, the, the Wyatts definitely deserve a run at some point to chase after. Hopefully it'll come at SummerSlam. I personally would like to see it myself. And then in our next match of the evening, baby, another impressive one. The Divas Championship was on the line. Oh, there they are, puppies! <laughs> the wonderful Mrs. CM Punk, AJ Lee, going up against Paige. And AJ Lee pulled it out once again with another victory. Um, it looks like the AJ and Paige have some great chemistry together. I gotta admit, it's uh, it's been going good. I like the whole, I like you, but I really want to just beat the fuck out of you kind of role that they're both playing with each other, and um, that they have that quote-unquote respect. We can clearly see that something's gonna fall over, and uh, they're gonna break apart. It's just things to come. You know what's gonna happen. But um, overall, I mean, this match was a three-star match. I enjoyed the athleticism. They need a little bit more time together. Um, you can tell that they don't have that much chemistry um, right right now. But as the feud continues and builds and builds, we'll see a lot more better out of these two. So I am looking forward to it. Finally, the Divas Championship is getting some more prominence back delivered to that division. And I am looking forward to it. We just need a few more Divas to hold it down and, and actually be even more impressive. And then in our next match of the evening, we had Rusev versus Jack Swag. Uh, you know, once again, the, the recreation of the Rocky IV gimmick, which is actually, you know, it's kind of working, but, you know, it's kind of cheesy that WWE used to go this route. But uh, I appreciate that Swagger is finally, you know, finally getting some opportunity out there after what happened uh, last year with this whole marijuana scandal, getting caught on the road. So it's good to see him in a more of a dominant role in the mid-card range, working with Rusev. This match was actually one of the better matches of the evening as well. I gave this one four stars. Um, great work by both, you know, it seems like uh, they got something here, but unfortunately, things got a little crushed at the very top of the uh, of, of this particular match when it came to Lana talking about the uh, the whole uh, Malaysian airplane accident uh, incident, excuse me. And it just seems like it just it was it wasn't intended to to piss people off, but at the same time, it was. And they know what they were doing. It seems like WWE wanted to just get some attention going and just go tongue-in-cheek with that whole situation and um, it worked so you know it got some heat there's a little bit of cheap heat but it either way it got over with the fans and um, it made them cheer the hell out of swagger um, this ended where Rusev just won by count out and it just helps Rusev and helps swagger save a little bit of face so he can continue with this feud um, I enjoyed the match by both and you know Rusev got some more heat by just beating the hell out of swagger knocked out when he got hit to the, to the ring post so Good job by both guys. Delivered a hell of a story and a hell of a match. And uh, I'm looking forward to their feud continuing at SummerSlam. And then one of my more disappointing matches of the evening. And um, I don't think it's more so by the performers. I just think so by the booking. Um, Chris Jericho went one-on-one -on -one with Bray Wyatt. And um, we was following the buzzards once again, baby. The poster child of this pay-per-view, Bray Wyatt, doing his thing. Um, 
there's a few hiccups here and there in the match. It started off kind of slow and it picked up, but it just seems like uh, they just they were missing something in this match. And I don't know what that was, but hopefully Jericho and Bray find what they're looking for to make this feud prominent. And uh, I just didn't appreciate the way it was just so clean and abrupt that Bray Wyatt lost this match to Jericho. I mean, he's got a little bit more in him from what he's been through in the past three, four months working with Daniel Bryan, working with John Cena. To lose like this to Jericho with a, just a clean one, two, three, nothing, you know, no storyline behind it, just a clean count, just, it just seemed bland, and it ruined, I think, the, the feud moving forward. So I gave this match, you know, three stalls. I felt like that's all it deserved, really, but whatever. You know, hopefully Bray will just pick it up, and um, they, they find something better for him. You know, going to SummerSlam with Jericho because this one's fall from a uh. And then we had our Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose match, which actually ended up not being a match. Um, you know, there was some altercations earlier in the evening with uh, Seth and Dean, and Dean attacked Seth from behind, and then Triple H kicked him out of the building, and then all of a sudden he was banned from the building. Then all of a sudden Dean Ambrose comes back and interferes uh, with Seth Rollins' promo. He comes a Donnie Brook outside the ring and. You know, it gets a little out of control, whatever. I mean, I get it. I like it because it's different. You didn't get the match you wanted because you know damn sure at SummerSlam it's going to be a bigger, more intense, high-profile match, and that's going to be cool. So I like what they're doing with Dean Ambrose. The killer might not like him, but I like Dean Ambrose. And uh, Seth Rollins, I think he's finally um, he's finally starting to mold into the, the asshole, cocky, um, soon-to-be... Uh, face of the company so to speak is what they're looking for but he's just not there just yet working with you know his former cohort of the shield dean ambrose and hopefully roman reigns for the future will help build up uh the the heel seth rollins that we're looking forward to and then our next match of the evening baby was the intercontinental title on the line we had the battleground battle royal um it was fair um you know no one even really cared about um, the Miz, but unfortunately, this is the motherfucker that took the title home. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I knew Sheamus was gonna win. I knew Kobe Kingston was gonna win. Biggie, you know, maybe not Dolph, but um, it just—I guess—it's surprising to believe that the Miz is still getting this push, whether it's a, the Intercontinental Title or Tag Team Title or the WWE Championship, which has been three years now. Somehow, some way, they figure out a way to put the Miz in a marquee kind of title or mid-card match. It bothers me that The Miz is even considered Intercontinental Champion right now with this whole Hollywood bullshit-ass gimmick. Don't nobody give a fuck, nigga. We don't believe you, nigga. We don't believe that you are some real Hollywood bona fide star, motherfucker. You're in the Marine Four, nigga, and you're on a motherfucking Christmas special on ABC Family. Nigga, please. Anyway, The Miz came out with the Battleground Battle Royal Intercontinental title around his weights when it was all said and done, and it was garbage. I gave that one three stars. It was a decent battle roll, but without the Miz, you know, I would have been happy. And then our main event of the evening, the most disappointing match of the evening, would have to be the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Fatal Four-Way match between John Cena, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, and the Big Red Machine King. Um, obviously, everyone wants to everyone wants to see Roman Reigns versus John Cena. We got hints of that. Um, John Cena just you know he did his normal formula you know he just he got beat up for a little bit disappeared for a little bit and then he got his AAs in and, and conquered at the right time to get the one two three I mean Roman Reigns looked impressive here and there but um, it just seemed like the crowd wasn't really into this match that much 
and it just it was kind of stale. Uh, Randy did his thing. Kane was boring as hell, and I'm just tired of seeing Kane in the ring now. He's they could have thought of someone else to put in that match other than Kane. It could have been Bray. It could have it could have been someone else. So at the end of the day, this match could have been a lot better. But it was a big yawn fest for me. Um, just didn't enjoy it all together. And I knew that Mr. Cena would win and pull it out with another victory because, come on now, you know damn well, Big Breeze is coming back. And he's going to whoop your motherfucking ass at SummerSlam, baby. I don't believe anyone else deserves a shot at that belt than the man that conquered the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. And that would have to be Big Brock Lesnar. So, overall, three-star pay-per-view. Could have been a lot better. They could have delivered a little bit more. But, you know, they did what they could do. And I know that we're just heading into SummerSlam to big and better things. And that's a WWE Battleground recap, baby. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will return with an exclusive part two interview of my man, ECW superstar Jason Knight. You're listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. And we'll be right back after these messages. They went and did it, so mash out and get a glass. Let them finally got his own trick, call it Thug Pass. Introducing a special group made for a choice of you. I'm Thug Out, while Snoop Dogg sipping blue. I'm headed to the nearest liquor store. What's up? To get myself some blueberry, you act like you don't know. Uh, the new drink provided by Say Blueberry gets my flavor, and I know you won't know why. I'm telling all my people to convert from Say Lady. Cause this new taste is guaranteed to get you on. So dip down or skip down, however you get it. Blueberry gets my flavor, let me know if you're with it. Welcome back to the OJP Wrestling Show. And, you know, you, you said something about Vince McMahon there. Um, you know, in comparison to Paul Heyman, it's about the leniency behind the scenes backstage. As, as long as you were able to perform and it didn't, and whatever you did outside of the ring, as long as it didn't interfere, you know, with your performance inside the ring. Um, right. Completely different with the way Vince McMahon handled things. You know, wh- what's your thoughts about the, the big evil uh, Darth Vader himself? Miss McMahon in the wrestling industry. Well, you know, look, you know, he's got his uh, set of rules, and you know, it works for him. And perhaps, you know, he uh, he realizes that maybe, you know, with uh, so many, especially right now, the way wrestling is bigger than life. You know, I've not watched it on TV. I'll be honest with you, many years, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I I can't watch that you know, stuff. <laughs> There's a whole lot of tremendous talent being misused, and I hate to see that, you know, in the you know, the storylines, and, you know, when I flip through the channels and I see some things, I want to vomit, you know. I mean, what they make them wear and how they make them act and behave, you know, it's, it, it, it's a disgrace, you know. Um, you know, there, there, there are a few cool gimmicks and personas, but some of the stuff is just absolutely just, just so horrible. It, it, it's almost like, wow, like, like dancing monkeys, mm-hmm. you know. And these are these are human beings. These are tremendous athletes that, that should be uh, treated with uh, with uh, nothing but respect, and you know, being given uh, green light to perform and not to uh, perform like you know, like uh, circus animals. You know. Yes. But in any case, I think that you know, uh, as far as Vince McMahon, you know, he realizes that if he uh, doesn't have that stronghold. On a lot of, especially the uh, the younger generation, you know, they may get a big head and start. You know, you let them get away with a little bit. You, know, you give them an inch, they'll, they'll take a mile because you know that's human nature. 
especially you know uh, they're on TV, they're traveling all the time, they're making money, uh, they're um, you know they're everywhere. Uh, they're working these big incredible arenas. You know they're uh, in fact it's not just wrestling anymore. They're doing I guess that reality shows with divas and yeah. then, uh, the other stuff. So you know they're no longer just wrestlers. You know they're they're truly superstars. They're you know they're celebrities. And if you don't have a strong set of rules, uh, you may lose the reins. You know, and I, I, I think that uh, for for his style and his country, yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% behind him. You know, to uh, he's very strict about certain things. You know, I'm absolutely 100% behind him. You know, I don't. Uh, uh, I think that. His multi-billion-dollar company should not be at risk because one or more individuals decide that you know they uh, they're going to run amok. You know, certainly. I mean, he's proven that over the years. As long as I've been a been a little kid, just saying, you know, I wonder what happened to this guy, and I wonder what happened to that guy. And you know, in back in the days, like you said. Uh, you know, it was based off of either television or a magazine. You didn't really, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have Twitter, you didn't have Facebook, you didn't have any social media outlets to find out about the real lives of talents of, you know, where they could have gone to based off of behavioral issues or substance abuse or something. You just might yeah. see them at you a gotta realize. You got to realize it takes one individual, you know, to, uh, uh, to give a company or the whole business a black eye, you know, uh, someone that, you know, say gets drunk and, Decides he's going to go, you know, for uh, for a ride and you know kill someone on the road. I mean, you know, guess who's going to, you know? I mean, everything comes back to uh, Vince McMahon, the WWE, you know, the, the professional wrestling business, the this and that. You know, the whole thing that happened with uh, you know the tragedy, uh, you know, with <sighs> Ben White and all that. And, right. You know, I, everything goes right back to uh, everything goes right back to. Uh, you know, the, the king of kings himself, you know, as far as professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's Vince, you know, whether you like him or not. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure there on him. And and, and the stockholders, what he, it's not just him. You know, it's uh, it, it's a serious business. It's not just, hey, we're going to wrestle, you know, uh, run around the ropes and, you know, people are going to cheer for us. I mean, it's, it's, it's serious, serious business. And I don't care who you are, uh, what sort of a typhoon you are? I'm sorry, tycoon. <laughs> what sort of a tycoon you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever field you're in, you can lose it all overnight. Yeah, you can be, you can uh, be living, breathing on top of money itself. And you can lose it overnight. One mistake. And the worst thing is, you know, that if someone else, due to the fact that they didn't comply by rules, cost you everything, you know? So you've got to be very, very strict when it comes to that. I mean, uh, it's, it's bad enough that, you know, you got all this crap going on and, you know, different independent groups, you know, people not cooperating and all that. Can you imagine a multi-billion dollar company and it's just not, it's not just Vince and his kids and Triple H and Vince's wife or whatever. All these stockholders. I mean, you know, everybody, there's a huge responsibility there, you know? It's a business. 
Absolutely. Plain and simple. Yeah, it's uh, not it's not how it used to be anymore. You know, coming up when there used to be so many different um, outlets for a pro wrestler to go to. If you weren't in WWF, you could go somewhere else. And now, no, the no, ring- and I mean, let me tell you, uh, the worst thing that ever happened was this. You know, one company, mm-hmm. and and he's got a, you know everybody by the uh, by the groin, and he's squeezing and squeezing. No more territories. No more. You know. And I mean, you know, there's TNA and and, and what have you, but that's a far cry from uh, WWE. I mean, you know, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. You know, WWE is the company to uh, to work for. You know, not saying TNA is not. I mean, it would, you know, I, I, I think it's. Uh, I'm glad that there's a, a product out there that offers, you know, something to, uh, you know, not not only the uh, the talent, but to to the fans, so so the fans can you know turn. But you know, I, I like I said, I haven't watched that either because I've seen stuff there that I can't, you know. <laughs> I can't. It's unbearable at times. I mean, it's it's yeah. Uh, but I, and I, you know, to, just to, to elaborate, you know, if you if you haven't been, you know, staying in in touch with the business recently, John Cena. I'm sure you know who he is. Um, he just won his fifteenth yeah. world championship this past Sunday. Really? Yeah, fifteen oh. reigns. Oh. So you know, and to some, you know, that people, you know, there's going to be his fans that love him, and then to, to some of us that you know don't agree with that because for him to be one title run away from from tying up with Ric Flair in such a short period of time, yeah. when you know there's only one game yeah. in town you can do that in nowadays compared to what it used to be like. Yeah. Just it yeah. strikes a chord with some fans, and it, and it does bother us a little bit, you know. And yeah. it, 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 well, you know, it, you know, uh, if you're if you're a veteran traditional fan or fan slash wrestler, you know, uh, like me, and you're used to that, you know, that certain title, that certain belt, you know, that NWA belt, that title, that you know, the, the old WWE, and now, you know, with uh, every different champions you know, the title changes uh it's shape it's color you got a you know the belt that spins and all that it's look <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's not your granddaddy's wrestling no more you know and it's just like i said it's a friggin' circus yeah with incredible athletes that should be used correctly but no because you know they're they're a lot more concerned with selling t-shirts and and belts that span and, and merchandise, they don't really care about, uh, you know, tradition and wrestling and everything. They really don't. You know, I mean, you got, uh, you know, they they induct Drew Carey, the whole thing, you know, where mm. it could have been Ivan Koloff or, you know, right. someone, but of course not, you know. It's just amazing. So they, they really don't care. They, they don't care about... Uh, performers, they really don't. You know, I don't think that they can carry. You know, most of it drop dead. As long as the ones that are making the money are alive and well, till they're not making the money again, and they can drop that too. Believe me, they 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 have absolutely no feelings toward any of us. Well, built your tradition, right? You make your rat's ass. And that's the truth. I mean, all it is is, you know, they might have back in the day, but when, you know, when you 
boundaries with, and, with him <laughs> no boundaries whatsoever i mean nothing there is nothing sacred there's nothing there's no shame there's no disgrace there is nothing nothing sacred you know everything is fair game you know whatever it is whatever it is for shock value you know go do it you know i mean if he could get away with it you know i mean uh wwe would be full of pornography and shown on TV, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm talking raw pornography, <laughs> Any, anything, anything whatsoever to, uh, uh, to succeed, you know, to, to get to where he wants to be because, you know, to, to, a, to people like that, it's never enough, never. So he's, you know, till his dying day, you know, it's not going to be enough because, you know, there are people like that and, you know, uh, and for that reason, they succeed because they will, they will walk over the dead and dying and not even, not give you a drop of water, you know, just so that he wouldn't waste a few seconds of his time to get to where he's going. You understand? Oh, uh, yeah, certainly so. And, and, and you're right. It's a shame to say that about some that have that ambition like an animal like that, like a Vince McMahon, yeah. have that ego. Yeah, yeah. like a shark. Yeah. You know, all it does is, you know, as the man said, all it does is swim, uh, eat, and make little sharks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it does, you know. It's, you know, a relentless pursuit of survival, but this is beyond survival. This is, uh, this is uh, completely unnecessary, you know, because how much do you need in life? And what exactly are you going to take with you, you know, once the clock ticks the final hour? Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's the way I think. Uh, That's not the way people like that think, but, you know, that's the way I think because, you know, I'm very much uh, spiritual and uh, I believe uh, I, I believe in karma, and I believe in you know uh, doing good hmm. for others as well as yourself. You know, if you can, if you can't, you know, then don't do bad. 
I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like I said, you know, when that final hour comes, you know, you take nothing with you. Nothing. You know, you only take the deeds. Right. That you have. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think you told, you know, the, the results of what you've done. Amen to that. You know, it's, it's, it's about what you've done. You know, but then, you know, but I guess, you know, that, that doesn't really matter to, uh, so, you know, that's, that's my whole opinion of the whole thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's changed a lot. And, um, the funny thing is that so many promoters try to follow that, you know, those footsteps, like it's going to work for them, you know, instead of like do something a little bit different. So, yeah. you know, it's, it amazes me, you know? Yeah, it seems like it, it, it's been trying to, the, the same Vince McMahon um, uh, pathway or uh, formula, so to speak. The Vince McMahon formula, it seems like with a lot of promotions is the way to go. And I think that's why, you know, uh, TNA is, is really not staying afloat. And they're just, they're drowning almost to try to keep up. And, you know, hopefully, you know. Um, why do you want to keep up? <laughs> that's your own thing. I mean, it, it, it just amazes me. You know, it's like. You know, why would you want to do what they do? First of all, I wouldn't want to do what they do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to me, you know, it seems like, you know, from what I, from what I read and hear is that whatever they do in the WWE, TNA tries to uh, make some kind of a carbon copy of it. Years ago, you know, as I was, you know, attempting to watch it, and, you know, I say to myself, come on, Jason, you know, this is, your sport, your business, your livelihood, you, you know, you've got to, you owe, you know, you owe it, not, you know, not to yourself, but you owe it to the business, right. you know, to uh, keep up with it, and I simply, you know, one day said, no, I mean, you know, uh, I respectfully decline, you know, I can't watch it anymore, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, and once in a while, I will um, flip through and say, all right, let me, you know, see it for a few minutes and everything. I can't more than like 60 seconds or a couple of minutes because it just starts, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's a no-go. You know, it's not what it used to be. It's not, you know, the business that I uh, grew to love. And thankfully, you know, I still get a chance to go to these uh, conventions and, uh, you know, do shows and seminars. And, uh, you know, we're able to bring back uh, you know the old school style, and I see these you know uh, incredible legends that paved the way for so many of us. You know, like uh, Greg Valentine and uh, 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 Nick Busick, and you know, I saw Jose Luis Rivera, Rivera uh, the other day, and just you know so many of them. Uh, Tony Correa, Bob Backlund. All these uh, true professionals that have paved the way and needed nothing more than knowledge, a pair of trunks and boots, and just pure, tremendous, entertaining, realistic-looking professional wrestling. Right. And, you know, to me, you know, I've I'm always in awe whenever I whenever I watch 
watching on YouTube and seeing matches, you know, hundreds of times in the night. And then the same one that I see, I'm always in awe when I when I see, you know, how incredibly realistic they look. They're simple and the way the crowd reacts and everything and you know, they don't have to do a million spots and you know, hit the cables uh, a million times and, you know, jump off the, you know, the, uh, the turnbuckle and, you know, miss and, you know, do all these moves that are, you know, matrix-like and, 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 you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, that looks fake because you can tell that it's all choreographed from A to Z. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's just not how I work. Amen to that, man. And the, the essence of, of true in-ring wrestling and being technical and, and telling a story um, will never die. Um, you know, and the, the times that you do get to see it, like you said, I can sit there and watch a match on YouTube over and over and over again because of uh, because I'm so engaged of how those two talents are working together in the ring and, and expressing the story of good versus evil. They're, the good versus yeah. evil will never die. It's just more so of how you tell yeah. that story and present it to, to someone in, in the audience. So, oh yeah, yeah. The Mickey Mouse stuff is kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You know, no, I mean, you know, it, it's it looks choreographed because it is, you know. And uh, I mean, it's you know, and, and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, you know, the athleticism is amazing, but I mean, it just looks it's choreographed. You know, it's like, you know, I've seen people do that in, uh, like I said, you know, sideshow circus. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know. The, you know, flip around and you know do all that kind of stuff. You know, unnecessary move. You know, we, you know, I call that waste movement. You yeah. know, the repetitive it, spots. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like uh, you know, why would you know, I mean, you know, the short the shortest distance between two points is in you know, a straight line. You know, <laughs> so why would I, you know, go around? That seems like <laughs> it's you know that logic doesn't exist anymore. You know. I mean, it's like, you know, what, the formula has changed. What is it, you know, the law of gravity no longer exists? You know, what the fuck? Yeah. No, it's always about pushing the envelope, but, you know, if you keep, I, yeah. I always agree with keep it grounded and you'll never fail. So, you know. No, no, no. Simple, you know, you keep it and, you know, and you add a few, you know, a few things here and there and, you know, just to, you know, to uh, pop the crowd and then bring them down and all that, you know. That's the problem. You know, nobody knows how to bring them down anymore. And you know what? They don't dare. They're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to get that boring chance. Why? Because, you know, many of the young wrestlers, they're marks. Yeah. They're marks themselves. You know, they're afraid. And the funny thing is, you know, there's professional wrestlers. We are supposed to dictate uh, the emotions of the fans. Nope. It's the other way around with this new generation. Yes. The fans dictate, you know, and, and you know, and it amazes me, you know. You know what? Kudos to the fans because they saw that they they can actually manipulate wrestlers. You know, right? And that and you know, and that you know, I mean, that really tells you something about you know the uh, uh, the lack of education given mm-hmm. to these young individuals, and it's all honestly to the lack of education. They're not educated in mm-hmm. our business. Do you think it's more so because the business has been exposed more over the years, or you just think it's just lack of education from the from the road agents working backstage with the talent? Probably both, but you know, exposed or not, I mean, you know, look, the business was always exposed. We always knew that 
professional wrestling is the work. Mm-hmm. It's a very tough work, but it's a work nevertheless, you know? Right. Um, now, when it, uh, when it comes to um, what you still uh, still when when fans walk through those doors and they take their seats, they want to be transferred into the other world, you know, because that's why they're there. You know, right. they know what's going on, and you know they know the whole story, but they want to be transferred. And if you don't deliver that, whether they know it or not, you know whether you guys are best friends or not really enemies, blah blah blah, whatever. You know they still are there. It, you know it's almost like you know uh, when you go to theater to watch a movie, you have certain expectations, and you know these people, you know, uh, buy tickets and sit there, they deserve to be entertained with nothing but the best. And unfortunately, you know, that is not happening because of, uh, I'm not, I'm not even sure if the, uh, you know, because they do have tremendous agents, but I'm not even sure if these agents are allowed to educate these kids. Because how can you not learn from like you know Arn Anderson or, or Rene Gallet, Tony Three, or Pat Patterson? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that they're you know I think they want to keep these kids. Um, I hate to say more dumb, but kind of like dumb to the business, uh, clueless. We call it. Mm. They have no clue. They have absolutely no clue why. Because they've not paid their dues. They've not worked for territories. They've not worked for Lawler, Watts, Eddie Graham, uh, Ron Eric, you know, uh, the guys over in Oregon, California, uh, Mid-South, uh, the Sheik over in uh, the Midwest. I mean, uh, they've not been up to Canada. They've not uh, taken their tours to Japan and Europe and Puerto Rico. And, you know, they've not done that. All they know is uh, the WWE. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and and, that, and that's it. You know, I mean, it's uh, that's that's all they know. You know, and and they don't bother doing their history. I mean, God forbid. Why would they? No, not at all. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's like you know, what does it matter? You know, what do I care who Dick Murdoch or Harley Race is? You know, I mean, he's not jacked like I am. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a tan like I am. You know, like I do. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't. Uh, hits 15 spots in three minutes like I do and flip around. You know, he doesn't do a moonsault and, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Why would I care who Eddie Grant is? You know, probably the greatest promoter of all time. Why would I care who Bill Watts is? One of the most realistic uh, wrestlers, promoters, slash whatever of all time. Why would I care who Ernie Ladd is? You know, who, you know what he who cares? You right. know, these are, these are dinosaurs for the pastor, you know. They've died out, and who cares? You know, and uh, that's that's exactly it. And no one steps in to say, hey, listen, you know, you little punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you are on Internet playing those stupid video games and watching these uh, spot matches, I want you to... Uh, you know, go back in time and learn, you know, I mean, I would actually, I would actually, uh, make them take classes hmm. 
and have to uh, learn the history of professional wrestling and uh, all, pretty much all the greats, you know, who did what, when, how, why, and all that, really. You know, I would actually, you know, I would, that, that would be one of my requirements. When I ran uh, my wrestling schools, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I would play tapes and, you know, I would educate these kids and, you know, who is who and, and, and why and how, and I would, you know, bring, you know, uh, bring in tapes and we would watch things that, you know, they, they learned, you know, I didn't just say, okay, well, because you know, everyone comes and says, oh yeah, Ray Mysterio, John Cena, I all due respect, you know, but I'm like, hold up a second, you know, let's go back and back to, you know, the, uh, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, make sure you know who uh, you know, some of the greatest are. You know, I mean, Dick Slater, Steve Kern, Mike Graham, like you, you know, guys like that. You know, like I said, you know, the Von Erichs. Um, the list goes on for Joe a little bit. Yeah, the, the I think the list goes on and on. You know, I mean, these were you know these you know realistic professional wrestlers like Harley Race and Dusty and all those guys were just just amazing. You know, they. They, they had charisma. They had everything, and and you know they could wrestle, and you know, and they just kept very simple in the ring. And you know, I was watching some of the Gorilla Monsoon matches. I mean, what a wrestler! Amazing, amazing. I mean, just the way that you know when when he would step into that ring, you know, that mountain of a man, but everything was so realistic looking. It's mm-hmm. just you know, you know, that big four hundred man was like poetry in motion. And he worked with Muhammad Ali and other greats in the ring back in the day. Uh, you know, yep. before before Muhammad Ali was even mentioned uh, with Mr. T in WrestleMania, which you know that's another story. But you know, yeah. it goes to show you that you know you know people people like Rilla Monsoon, as large of a mound of a man as he was, could still yeah. work with anyone and everyone in that ring and make him look like a million bucks. Oh. Even a crossover Amazing. star like Muhammad Ali to get in the ring with him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, well, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you're either born with it or you're not. Right. You know, and uh, everything else, you know, I mean, anyone, you know, it's like, uh, there are lots of things you can teach a monkey to do, but you can't teach it to speak. (laughs) And you just say monkey see, monkey do. And the problem is, you know, that, uh, that's all, and, and, you know, and once again, that's all that it's out there, you know. People are looking at, you know, the more spectacular uh, aspects of the business, you know, the, uh, the quick base matches, you know, this and that, you know, and, and that's why nobody really knows how to wrestle. That's true. No no one today, it, uh, it seems like they know the, the, the simple foundations of just technical holds and, 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 Building someone's interest and attention, it just seems like let me come yeah. out there with the, with my cool looking tights, my theme music. As long as I get my theme music yeah. and my tights, and I smile or I look like I'm really really angry, which I haven't seen a good heel in a long time on television. No, <laughs> you know why? Because you know these are all young people, and young people are not scary. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. young people are not scary. You right. know, and then it's more and more. You know, because when I was breaking in, I mean those guys were already uh, you know were all men. You know, like Tony Atlas and Ken Patera and and, and uh, David Schultz and these guys. You know, those were scary men. 
you know, you see Joel and Duke and the Sheik and, you know, all these, you know, I mean, you know, those guys were scary. Harley Race, you know, when it was do with that squint, you know, yeah. I mean, he can kill you with a stare, you know, and uh, these guys, you know, I don't care how jacked they are and how many moves they can do and how hard they can just stiff you or whatever, they're not scary. You know, first of all, they have no life experience, you know? Right. Uh, anybody can lift heavy weight in the gym or run, you know, a mile in, you know, uh, how many ever minutes. And uh, anybody can be a tough guy and stiff anyone in the ring when you give them your body, you know. But, uh, you know, when you end up uh, on the floor in the locker room and somebody's got your eyeball you know, in, their <laughs> yeah. in their hand, you know, uh, uh, or you're missing an ear or, or, or left nut, you know, then then you really uh, sort of bring your feet back to the ground and say, wait a minute, maybe I'm not really a tough guy. And, you know, I mean, young people are, young people are not tough. You know, you know they're strong, they're quick, they're you know they think they are. They're full of adrenaline, they're full of shit, they're full of uh, you know uh, uh, rage and you know different uh, enhancing drugs and all that. But that doesn't make you tough. Mm-hmm. Life experience makes you tough, and and it, and it radiates in the ring. You know because I see a lot of these guys. You know they're really not scary looking. You know, like you know someone I'd say like like Batista. That looks, you know, he's got the look and everything because, you know, he's already, you know, he's no spring chicken, but, you know, he's at that point where, you know, kind of like, almost like, not past prime, but this is his prime, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he's got that, you know, that look and everything, like, you know, that guy looks like something, and I don't know who else I really, uh, I'm not really sure, you know, obviously, you know, the Undertaker and, right. you know, Kane and those guys that are, you know, that look, they have that you know, the menacing look. But as far as these other kids, you know, from what I see, they'll, you know, they just, you know, you're, you're too young to be scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, nowadays it's, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm 30, but from just, from the life experience that I've had and from just what I've seen today, just growing up now from, from the younger generation, it seems like uh, everything's, you know, based off of how you, how you fight over, over social media. Um, everyone's sensitive. Everyone's real soft, you know, everyone's, you know, you say the wrong word and yeah. all of a sudden everyone's calling this, this organization or that yeah. organization or apologizing for this yeah. comment and um, there's, everyone's a bully, you know, and everyone's feelings yeah. gets hurt. Yeah. So how can you be you scary yeah. <laughs> on TV? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what, they're, they're all tattooed up and all that, and that's supposed to scare me, I, whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, they're all like covered in tattoos and everything, I guess you're, that's supposed to make you tough. I don't know. All right. If you say so. But, you know, when I, it's like, you know, if you, you know, when I, when I first, in 93, went to ECW, I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. 30 that year. Right? So, you do the math, I'm 51 now, right? And so, God bless you. If I, thank you, if I had tried to do what I do now as far as more, you know, like a rough style and everything, and, you know, facial hair and, you know, short hair and, you know, uh, what have you back then the way I looked because you know I looked like a young kid I was 30 I looked like I was like 20 <laughs> right <laughs> and and you know no matter what I can do in a ring or you know how well I can wrestle or whatever you know Paul was like no I mean this you know the way you look is the way you know we need to exploit that but then 
you know, as I evolved and got older, and then, you know, grew some facial hair and everything, you know, it was time for me to, uh, I wanted to get away from that, uh, uh, that, you know, pretty boy uh, image, gimmick and everything, you know, because, you know, to me, uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's only so long that you can do the boy toy, all right? Right. <laughs> or, 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 or kid something. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, once you're like here in your forties and fifties, you're no longer a kid, uh, or whatever. You know, you're no longer a boy. You know, you know, you need to, you need to kind of, uh, you know, you need to embrace the aging process, taking care, of, take care of yourself. In fact, you know, I like myself a million times better now that I'm older than I did then. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at some of the photos and feel sorry. I love that. You know, I feel embarrassed at some of it. You know, my mother always looks at me. She's oh my God, you look at that. I love it. And I'm like, Mom, please stop. And I, she's like, what? You're so beautiful. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be beautiful, you know? <laughs> I, I, I like myself now the way I am. I mean, honestly, I'm so much happier with me now uh, that I'm in my 50s and that I was when I was in my 20s and 30s. You know, I like myself a lot more now. I really do. <laughs> Well, that's a, a, an interesting way of looking at it, you know, just the way that you can reflect yeah. back on things and say, you know, most people say they're, they're in their primes in their 20s and 30s, and that's when they're, you know, running running around, running amok in life, trying to just strive. You know, you know honestly, honestly, I just turned 30, mm. you know, that's, mm. that, that's really how I feel, you know, this is, this is my, uh, this is my 30. You know, this is, uh, uh, you know, the way I feel now is what a late 20s, 30-year-old man should feel like. Mm. Uh, you know, because uh, it's my mindset. And uh, like I said, you know, I do, you know, I do punish myself. I, I take care of myself. Uh, you know, I'm not straight edge or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't mess with drugs or anything like that. I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, but, you know, I like to have a few drinks and, and all that. But, you know, I watch... Uh, I try to always try to eat well. And, you know, uh, I was you know like to groom myself well and you know stay uh, you know stay gentleman looking. You know, not let myself go, but you know training and and taking care of myself is a you know it's huge and it allows me mm. to have some fun on the side. You know, and be able to uh, kick back and you know have a few drinks and you know uh, you know laugh and just have a good time. You know, enjoy music and other activities. That's right, baby. Part two is complete with my man Jason Knight. I hope you enjoyed that segment of the interview. And we got part three coming your way after the Raw recap on the OJP Wrestling Show edition. But until then, keep swinging that gin for the working man and working woman, baby. I'm the Juice OJ Simmons, and you've been juicing with the juice. And we are out. Thanks for listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. Download brand new episodes every week on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, or Blog Talk Radio.